praise God. Okay, we got through that. Glory to God. You would turn in your Bibles to uh, the Gospel of Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10. Thank you so much, uh, again, for letting us be a part of your uh, service in your church today. Luke chapter 10, we're going to go there. There's a man named George Van Horn. Had an interesting... Uh, career choice. George Van Horn is the owner and operator of Reptile World Serpentarium. He milks cobras for a living. This organization or this place, they do shows, educational, and his job specifically, besides running this, is he would milk cobras and other poisonous snakes for their venom to make anti-venoms, which people receive when they've been bitten by snakes, and then also for medical research. In 1995, uh, while removing a six-foot-long king cobra to milk it, the cobra shook loose from his grip and bit him seven times. Uh, he had been bitten before, the good news is that he followed instructions and he survived. And his initial reaction as he was giving this story was, I knew exactly what was going to happen to my body as the poison took effect and how long the process would be before I died. There's a window of time to receive antivenom and live, or too much time passes and you die. I decided I wanted to live. And as Christians, especially people who are in ministry, we traffic with serpents. We're snake handlers, not literally. But we traffic with serpents. And Jesus speaks to us here. I want to preach a sermon uh, about this. And I want to talk to you about the victory that Christ promises us in this arena. I want to preach a sermon called Three Serpents. Luke chapter 10 Verse 19, Jesus said, Behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Father, we love you tonight, and I'm asking God your grace to preach. I pray that you would unlock hearts that have been poisoned tonight. God, bring healing and your grace by your blood in Jesus' name. Amen. Three serpents. I want to look first of all with you at the reality of serpents, and this is a picture of hell's invasion to God's creation. Almost from the beginning, we see the devil's intent to attack and destroy God's plan for man. We know that the name of the devil is Satan, which literally means the adversary, the striker, uh, Lucifer, who was judged for his rebellion and was cast out of heaven. We understand this, this picture, that there is an adversary to your soul. And from the beginning to the end of the book, we see this as a profile of the devil. Genesis 3 and verse 1, Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? Revelation 12 verse 9, So the great dragon that was cast out, that serpent of old called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world. He was cast to the earth and his angels were cast out with him. And so from scripture and from nature, we understand that there's something about serpents in relation to man 
that just ain't right. I know that there's folks who, you know, they got, got like pet snakes. I'm not down for that. I'm not like into that at all. And I don't know that I'm, that makes me a coward, but there's just something that's just strange about this. Uh, if you have a pet boa, listen to the sermon, okay? Jesus clearly teaches that the image of the devil and the demonic as snakes, serpents, scorpions, things that are poisonous. And this is part of serving God as a Christian, and that is we do interact with this. As a Christian, you're going to have to deal with snakes. Just like in this part of the world, you might have snakes on your property. Spiritually, they will also be in your life. Here in our text, uh, again, Jesus says, Behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Jesus says there is a reality of this. We're not going to escape this. He acknowledges that they have power, but he says that you have power over all of their power. That is our promise. That is our hope as Christians of, of victory. Mark 16, 17, and 18, these signs will follow those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. And so this word that is translated serpent into the English from the Old Testament Hebrew there's a couple of words uh, from our text. It's uh, a word that means a snake, figuratively as a type of sly cunning or an artful malicious person, especially Satan. There's another word that's translated into serpent, uh, which means a scorpion from its sting. So we're talking about uh, words here. Uh, the Hebrew word is nakash a snake, and from the Vines uh, uh, Dictionary, it means a snake from its hiss. In other words, snakes are known by what comes out of their mouth. Are you with me tonight? The Bible teaches very clearly that words are spirit and they have life. They also have death. And so we're talking about people here. The serpent in the garden was subtle and spoke this. And Eve was deceived. And so we get a picture of the power of the enemy against our souls. And this is a picture of the power of words. As a Christian, we must know or learn to know how words work. We must do this if we're going to be victorious. Jesus says the words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. James says that the tongue is like a fountain and at our worst, it yields salt or poisonous water. Words. How many have ever been having a really good day until somebody says something to you? Amen. We also have people in our lives. This can be family. This can be friends. This can be people that we work with. And their words are caustic. They are poisonous. And my aim and my hope is this would not be just another sermon on words or our tongue. I'm talking about the words that are spoken to you, not necessarily the words that come out of our mouths, but the words that are spoken to you. 
This is something that is very, very powerful, and especially in our day and age with social media. It's amazing how people will snap just by reading something in social media. Am I in the right room here tonight? There's, you know, terms that are out there now that are part of the vocabulary of modern America, and that is uh, text rage or digital rage. These are people who go off because they're getting into texting wars. Because words can be poisonous. Jesus speaks here and he says that I've given you authority to trample on serpents. In other words, the promise is, is that as Christians, God is going to give us power over the power and the poison of words that are spoken into our lives. Isn't it amazing? I mean, when you really take a step back and you look at all the triggering that is happening in our world today, we see it on the news, we see it in the, the, the news outlets, and it's like, you, you, you know, some, some guy won for the third time on Jeopardy and made like, I've won three times, and he was called out because that's somehow a racist hand signal. People are triggered. Because this is the power of words. And how it gets into minds and how it gets into hearts and how it poisons. And again, clearly, what we see here from the serpent in Genesis, the word is a serpent from its hiss. It's what comes out of the mouth. This is witchcraft. This is not Harry Potter. This is real. This is witchcraft. I want to talk to you about three serpents. Some Old Testament words are translated serpent, viper, snake, scorpion, or hornet. And the idea here is this is something that can hurt you. And there's a type of snake that's called a viper. We can call these snakes that strike. Though cobras and vipers are not technically in the same snake family, they're both poisonous. What they do is they get their teeth in and they inject poison. And basically, the difference between a viper or you know, a cobra is how, how, whether their fangs are hinged, their jaws are hinged or unhinged, and how far they can open up their mouths, but they inject and they kill by fastening and injecting their poison. It's very interesting, if you study this out, that snake poisons are basically, they do two different things. One type of poison that uh, a snake will inject is, um, it causes paralysis. And it just paralyzes that poor little rabbit, or whatever it is, until it can finish it off and then eat it and devour it. The other is a neurotoxin, and what that does is it gets into the bloodstream, and it's not too far removed from the family of Ebola. It causes the blood vessels to explode from the inside. We're talking about poisons that kill the heart. The pastor was speaking this morning 
announcements. He was talking about the upcoming water baptism and how people through the years that he has worked with will will be announcing and preparing for a water baptism, and then a fam- an unsaved family member will get a hold of that person. I've been talking with them, and all of a sudden now I'm confused. I don't need to be baptized. I was sprinkled. Poisons. There's people sitting here tonight. That's happening to you. There's relationships. Some of them perhaps are not good for your relationship with God. And I'm not here to judge that. But I'm here to say that there are people who have a a place in your life where they can speak. Paul, in Acts chapter 28, was shipwrecked onto the island of Malta. If you know the story, they were the survivors of the Well, they all survived, but they were on this island. It was wet. It was cold. The natives came out to comfort them. They built a fire. Paul was helping out. He took a bundle of sticks, threw it on the fire. And the Bible says that when that happened, a viper came out of the fire because of the heat and it fastened itself onto him. He shook it off and he was fine. You know, you go into some places and they'll have scanners, they'll have wands, they'll check you to metal detectors, those kinds of things. Perhaps for some, if we had like a spiritual scanner coming in through the doors, there's people, you got vipers hanging off of you because of what has been spoken. And it's coursing through your veins. Psalm 58 speaks about the wicked. Psalm 58 verses 4 and 5, their poison is like the poison of a serpent. They are like the deaf cobra that stops its ear, which will not heed the voice of charmers, charming ever so skillfully. You know, the truth is, is there are people in our world that will not be restrained. They will not listen. They sometimes can be agents of hell that are sent to your life to speak, to poison It's amazing when rebellion begins to lay hold of somebody and that rebellion begins to spew out of their mouth and people do not rebel alone. They always recruit. And they'll find somebody and it's amazing as a pastor being concerned about folks. They've been around people have some carnality. Stubborn, hard-hearted, rebellious against God. It's just their words. And they will not be restrained. They will not heed the voice of charmers, of pastor, of a Christian, of, a hol- of holiness. There's poison there. There's a viper. There's a second type of serpent, and that's the python. These are serpents that are constrictors or pythons or anacondas, and we know their tactics. There's movies and stuff. Most pythons in that classification are not poisonous. But what they do is they will bite. They'll, they bite to get their hold onto somebody, and then they'll wrap themselves around them, and they will squeeze the life out of them. My brother-in-law had this, uh, one of these survival in the wilderness handbooks on his shelf, and in a visit I picked it up, and I was 
reading through it, you know, and so I found a little chapter there, what to do if you're caught by an anaconda. And so the first thing it says is don't panic. <laughs> don't try to get away because you get away, it'll just squeeze tighter and squeeze the life and the breath out of you. So here, 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 here's your survival tip for the day. It says that if you are grabbed and caught by an anaconda and you cannot get away, it's assuming that you would have a knife. And so you take that knife and you hold it at your side with the blade facing out. If, if the anaconda is swallowing you feet first, you hold the knife with the blade down. If it's swallowing you head first, you hold it with the, with the blade facing up and you just hold it there as hard as you can, and the anaconda, as it slowly swallows you, you will slice its mouth open and cut it out, and it will eventually spit you out. How many are edified? <laughs> they squeeze. Anacondas eat while their prey is still alive. Acts chapter 16, Paul is in the city of Philippi, and there in his ministry he encounters a woman who's possessed with a spirit of divination, literally a spirit of python. Acts 16, 16, now it happened as we went to prayer that a certain slave girl possessed with a spirit of divination met us, brought her masters much profit by fortune-telling. And so in Africa, where we minister, this is very, very prominent. There are false prophets and teachers. They masquerade as, uh, in churches, and they, they witch people by a spirit of divination. They hold power over people. Sit back and watch this. Why do people fall for this? Because this is real. This is spiritual. And so we think that we're not... That, that, that's not our culture. This is not what we're into. But you'd be amazed how many people can be controlled by words. Adam Clark comments and says, having a spirit of Python or of Apollo, Pitho was, according to fable, a huge serpent that had an oracle at Mount Parnassus, famous for predicting future events. Apollo slew the serpent, and hence he was called Pythias and became celebrated as the foreteller of future events, and all those who either would or pretended to predict future events were influenced by the spirit of Apollo Pythias. This is, this is about word cursing. This is about people that you might have in your life who are going to speak failure over you. People are not happy that you're serving God. New believer, new convert. The devil's not happy that you gave your life to Christ. The devil will use people who are familiar to you, who have a relationship with you to speak and to bring fear, especially older parents or, or backsliders, bitter backsliders, to speak. And, you know, no, you don't want to marry that person. No, you don't want to marry her. You don't want to marry him. You'll, 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 you'll have trouble. She's no good for you. He's no good for you. All these things, word cursing. In culture where we minister, words are spoken to perpetuate the curse. The culture where we minister in is driven by ancestor veneration and witchcraft. 
families sacrifice valuable livestock. Where much of the continent is starving to death, they will still sacrifice livestock, goats, sheep, or cattle to, their, to appease their ancestors. And this family pressure that is in us, people get saved, begin to serve God. You must drop everything you're doing and come to the family meeting. We're having some trouble. There are some things here. The ancestors want to sacrifice. You need to pitch in for this. You need to be a part of this. If you, if you do not, it's going to be bad for all of us. And this is the stronghold that we deal with. See, what the python does is a python slowly crushes and then swallows. Listen to me tonight. The devil is in no hurry to ruin your life. He's very patient. He's very good at what he does. Much better men than I who have stood in pulpits and have preached have lost their destiny, lost their soul because of this very thing we're talking here about tonight. There's another type of serpent, and this is Leviathan. Leaders have preached about this recently in our fellowship. This word is found in Job, and it's meant to be a sea creature. It's generally understood as a dragon or mostly a crocodile, but there's a spiritual side to this, and again, it is all about words. Job 41, verse 1, Can you draw out Leviathan with a hook or snare his tongue with a line which you lower? Job 41, 19 through 21, out of his mouth go burning lights, sparks of fire shoot out. Smoke goes out of his nostrils as from a boiling pot and burning rushes. His breath kindles coals and a flame goes out of his mouth. Job 41, 24 and 25, his heart is as hard as stone, even as hard as the lower millstone. When he raises himself up, the mighty are afraid because of his crashings because they are beside themselves. We're talking about people who will just absolutely twist words. I can't tell you how many times as a pastor, people will take things that are meant for good and totally twist them. This doesn't just happen to pastors, does it? People we want to reach, people will intentionally want to find fault, want to t intentionally take words that we will speak for good. And listen to me, listen to me, pastor, preacher, evangelist, Bible study leader, contending for this. I'm not here to put fear into your heart, but you're going to have to understand this. This is a dynamic of working with souls and of declaring the word of God. Isaiah 27, 1, And that day the Lord with his severe sword, great and strong, will punish Leviathan, the fleeing serpent. Leviathan, the twisted serpent. He will slay the reptile that is in the sea. Flames, coals, flame comes out of his mouth. This is a twisting, inflaming spirit. And again, I've had to deal with, and pastoring through the years, especially in our present setting, people whose hearts just are not right. There is rebellion. They want to just take everything and twist it. 
You need to understand that as you're working with people, as you're ministering, as you're engaging family, that this is so many times not that person. This is a spirit. And it must be prayed against. And I have found that in my church, people who are not in my fan club, they can be trouble. And I will pray for them in morning prayer. And then towards the end of prayer, I will leave our prayer room and I will go into our sanctuary and I will find the row in which they sit and I will lay hands on their chairs and I'm praying for them and I'm binding that spirit had a had a man that flipped out in our church. It was very, very sad. He'd been in the church for a while, but he just he would not keep his heart. And he had married married a woman. I just thought that these were just really decent folks. Married a woman who had children from a previous relationship, and so they're working through this you know, a blended family, and there's two sons, they're young teenagers, and they're, you know, he's trying to be the dad here and work through this, and he came to me and uh, said, just asked for some advice, and I was just kind of walking him through some things, just encourage him, you know, you know, she gets a bit sensitive when I take on her sons, I said, they're, they're your sons too, and so Talk with your wife and come up with a plan. Be on the same page because how many know that's so important for both parents to be on the same page working with kids? And so, you know, worked with that and he had an issue and not in the church anymore and she came to me and said, you know, Pastor, did you tell my husband that we have a mixed family and that our marriage was a mistake? I'm like, no. But how many know that's the world in which we live in? And forgive me if I say it again, but the whole social media thing feeds that. I better close and get us out of this. I want to close. I want to say to you, Jesus says, I have given you authority. And this is the promise. There's people here today, you've been poisoned. Preacher. Future preacher. Wife. Our calling, this is just a reality, our calling brings us to the worst of people the worst that are in people at times, sometimes on a daily basis. And the truth is, is we don't have to die from snake bites. Amen. Our text says that Jesus gives his people victory over this. Again, Isaiah 27, verse 1, in that day, in that day the Lord with his severe sword Great and strong will punish Leviathan, the fleeing serpent, Leviathan, the twisted serpent, and he will slay the reptile that is in the sea. God gets involved. God gets involved. God gets involved in helping our hearts in this. Oh, thank God for that. So, 
The word for tonight is don't die, get some help. Back to George Van Horn, he knew exactly what to do. A couple things here, then we're going to stop and we're going to pray. Number one, he had been through this before and he knew what to do. He had a measure of antibodies or anti-venom inside him from previous snake bites. He knew what to do. He knew where to go, and he trusted in his instruction. Proverbs 4.13, take firm hold of instruction. Do not let go. Keep her, for she is your life. There's going to be times, beloved, when it is going to be life and death. We're facing in South Africa, while we were already here on this side, South Africa went on their third, lard, lard, their third hard lockdown. They're locking down churches again. And I think we're going to be able to go home. Maybe I can sleep on your couch if we can't. But this... And we, you know, we had to try to keep folks in the mix. We, we did, you know, the, the YouTube channel thing, God have mercy. And we just did the very best that we can. There were people that I would have never have thought that would have fallen away, that fell away. And are not back in church and are still saying, I'm just not coming back. And it has nothing to do with COVID or safety. Something has gotten into their bloodstream. And so if there's ever a time, beloved, when our world is on fire and everything is being turned upside down and we're not quite sure what's going to be happening and we have some serious questions about leadership in our nation and the security of our nation, this is the time to hold on to instruction, do not let go, keep her, for she is your life. This is not the time to get curious about another branding of Christianity and how we're going to live out our faith. God has positioned our church and our fellowship and has given us reference points to navigate through this. He, George Van Horn knew exactly what to do. He found a phone and he called someone who was not on site, and he said, and he knew exactly what to communicate. We don't have the right antivenom for what has happened to me. This is when it happened. He was very economical with his time and with his words. This is what's happened. This how, is how long it's been. I need this and this and this. And the guy that he talked to knew exactly what to do. I will be there in less than 10 minutes. George gave himself an injection to help the process in its... Uh, in its, uh, to get started, and he was able to survive this. There was great damage done to his body. He had to have several surgeries. Muscle tissue was damaged, and uh, they had to do skin grafts and all kinds of things because of necrosis, what happened to his body. He knew where to go and from whom to get some help. If you've been snake bit, it's not time to go check out the horoscopes. Or the internet. There's things here. You don't need an app 
to try to sort some things out. No, it's okay. I'm going to work this out. No, there's some people that you need to talk to, your pastor. Oh, somebody help me out who knows you and loves you. He didn't tell me to say that. You go and you get some help. You find the right person and you get some counseling and you get some prayer. Begin to speak some things. This is what has happened to me. I was in the front here just observing pastor pray for someone and talk with someone. He, he knew exactly what to speak. He knew exactly the questions to ask and the buttons to touch, to pray and bring this woman to an experience with Christ. You go to the right place. You get some help. You don't say, it's okay, I'll just get through this. You know, my wife and I, we got COVID last July. And, you know, I I can handle this, no problem. And I was in bed and I was sick and we were in bed and we were sick. And I'm thinking, you know, I just drink some fluids and take some tablets and, you know, you know, I'll feel better tomorrow. We weren't getting any better. And it was a full week. We're just not getting any better. And so, you know what, probably time to go to the doctor. Went to the doctor, got a shot in my butt. <laughs> and some meds, some antibiotics, 48 hours, I'm feeling much better. Should have gone a week earlier. Should have gone a week earlier. Should have come to the altar earlier. Devil's gotten in your head, gotten in your heart. He's gotten his fangs in you. You've got things hanging off of you, wrapped around you. No, man, I'm good. No, you need to take some action. Don't die. Go to the right place and get some help. Romans 16, 20, the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet shortly. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen. We have a promise. We don't have to die from snake bites. We don't have to get all twisted up. We don't have to get the life squeezed out of us. We don't have to suffer and struggle. There is help. I live about 10,000 miles away from my mother church. Every once in a while, I pick up the phone And I call my pastor. And I talk to him about stuff, you know, ministry help, and he's a great help and a great blessing, insight and experience. It helps me face some of the challenges of pastoral ministry, but sometimes it's just really good to hear somebody with an American accent and to stay connected. There's deliverance. And it's available. We sang the song this evening, One Drop of Blood. There's healing. There's deliverance because Jesus paid the price. The great physician can bring healing in our hearts and in our lives. And I, I can't tell you just how many times just speaking, talking, iron sharpens iron, listening to sermons myself, being in a revival, Being in an environment, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God where everything is is reset and I'm healed. That's here tonight. 
George had to get on the phone and he had to speak out and he had to get some help. And that help is here tonight. I want you to bow your heads for just a moment. Our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed. Thank you so much.